Uh, Brian, we got to record fast. I ordered some Popeye's chicken nuggies, <gasps> and uh, I have a whole unopened bottle of Los Calientes barbacoa waiting for me. Ah, nice, nice. Okay, so you ordered just the one. No, we got a bunch of them, but that's the one that's calling my name. Dude, get that 48-pack of Popeye's nugs for $20. <laughs> like, come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so affordable. Welcome to episode 409 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, I hope you're doing well. You are traveling once again, my friend. The road tour begins once more. I'll be in the big Snapple for the next six weeks. (laughs) Yeah, just pop open that cap, learn some facts, you know. Mm, Learning facts every day, every time I walk outside the front door. (laughs) Yeah, so time zones are going to be a thing, but we'll figure it out. We always have. We got a good outline today. Before we get into it, huge shout out to Baron Fig. Every great design starts with a sketch, and you don't want your tools to get in the way. The paper, the pen, the feel, all of this matters, and Baron Fig makes the most simple, useful, beautiful, and functional tools to help you think more clearly and get those ideas out of your head onto your paper. They make gorgeous limited edition notebooks with special prompts and really beautiful designs to help you write and think and and explore the ideas in your brain. But they also have simple notebooks, which is my preference. They have really beautiful dot grid, ruled, or even blank page notebooks that lie flat. There's no hump in the middle where the, the pages crease up. And of course, you can also add in their lovely, very solid, hefty, weighty Squire pen, a great writing utensil. Get that ink flowing smooth on those flat pages. Mm. Baron Fig makes tools for thinkers, and they're going to help you get started at baronfig.com slash design details. When you go to that link, you'll get 20% off your first purchase of $50 or more. So go ahead, go pick up a notebook, grab a pen, and level up your game with Baron Fig. That's B-A-R-O-N-F-I-G.com slash design details. Thank you, Baron Fig. Thanks, Baron Fig. This week's Golden Ratio supporter is Plume. Plume empowers a billion smart devices at home and in small businesses through a suite of adaptive Wi-Fi, AI security, and parental control. And they are hiring product designers with two to five years of experience to help build the future of smart home services. You can learn more about the job listing at designdetails.fm slash plume. That's P-L-U-M-E. And Plume is on a rocket ship trajectory. They just raised a $270 million Series E, so now is the time. Thank you to Plume. Go apply. Thanks, Plume. Marshall, another crew of VIPs has joined the fam. Oh, yeah. The fam grows larger week after week. Welcome to the fam, Macarena, Eunice Kim, Jean, Ivy Mukherjee, Akil Loken, Jack Stronstad, Jing Jin, Agnieszka Kroshek, I hope I got close, maybe 80% of the way there. And last but not least, welcome to the fam, Nikki. Hey, good list. And hey, Macarena. Yeah, I liked Macarena messaged and said, yep, it's pronounced like the song. So uh-huh. <laughs> thank well, you. I thank you for that's that, fun Macarena. to deal with at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the fam, everybody. Be sure to catch this week's sidebar. Yeah. If you didn't know, Design Details is a listener-supported podcast, which means that every week, listeners like you 
chip in and make it possible for us to record the show. That happens on Patreon at patreon.com slash design details, where you can go and for just a buck a month, just a buck a month, you'll get access to a bonus episode every week called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. The sidebar is an extra listener question, an extra design topic, an extra deep dive into something relevant to our industry or our current events. Last week, we talked about negotiation tips for your next job hunt. And this week, we answer a listener question about what you should do with some time off. So be sure to catch that in the sidebar. You can do that at patreon.com slash design details for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. So welcome to the fam, everybody. We'll catch you in the sidebar. And with that, Marshall main topic time. Yes, main topic. I saw this on the old tweet machine and I thought it was interesting. I sent it your way and you said uh-huh. that's a design details topic. So that's a main topic right there. Yeah. So what are we talking about, Marshall? All right. Twitter changed the follow button. And anytime <laughs> uh-huh. anybody changes anything, it's worth talking about. And people talk Especially about Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So design Twitter did what it did, but I sent you the seed of a conversation and I figured it's worth talking about. So let's talk about these new follow buttons, Brian. Yeah. So what's the difference? What what do they have and what did they change to? And why are people freaking out? Yes. All right. So previously the follow button was an outline style in blue. So blue stroke around it and blue text. And when you clicked on it, it filled in blue. In the new style, the pre-state is filled and the post-state is outlined. And they went from blue to black. So I think this is what people are upset about. Hot take, Brian. I think it makes sense, but let's get into it. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. I cannot tell you, Marshall, how many times this exact design problem has broken my brain when you are dealing with a stateful button. It's a very weird component where a button is essentially serving as a switch or maybe even a checkbox, right? There is an on or an off state. But sometimes in the on state, there's actually multiple like sub values, which we'll get into in a second. And the question is always, does the button reflect your current state or does it reflect the action that you're going to take? Or in this case, both, right? So up front, before you followed anybody, now we have a black filled button that says follow. So the action. And then after you've clicked on the action, it reflects a state following. Whereas, you know, perhaps if they wanted to keep it parallel, the second state could have said unfollow. It could have remained an action in either case. But it's always confusing. Do you do the action or the state? Do you have like a rule of thumb in your head for how this should work, Marshall? I'm sure you've encountered this because you have subscribe buttons and follow buttons and notification bells. Like you have the same problem, right? Well, I mean, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but I believe it was in the context of an icon, right? And and switching back and forth between states of a stateful icon. And that's a harder problem, I think, than this. Here we have a label, so we can actually say what we mean rather than trying to communicate that with just the shape of an icon, whether it's filled or outlined or has a container or background behind it, whatever. That's a lot harder. So this I think it's pretty straightforward, and I think this makes sense. So I would take into account like how important this button is for both the user and for the platform, right? So this particular button, and this isn't true for every button, but this particular button is super important. It's like the button, right? It's the button. It's what improves the user experience, and also Twitter can benefit from that. They know who's being followed, who's following who, all that stuff. So in the old world... The most important button on the page was quiet in the pre-state when you hadn't done this 
very useful action. And after you'd done the action, it got loud. So the button's yelling at you to press it after you've already pressed it. And once you've pressed it, they don't want you to really press it again because now you're in a good state where you're following a person. That's a better state. In Twitter's opinion, I'm sure, following somebody is better than not following somebody. So to be quiet beforehand and loud afterwards seems the opposite. So this this change makes a lot of sense to me where it's like follow is loud. Hey, follow this person. It's really easy to find that button and tap on it. Once you've done the thing, they get quiet and it goes to an outline style and much more meted on the page. It's a lot harder to pick out. And that's how you unfollow somebody. It's hidden under that button. Same thing is true of YouTube. It's like loud before. And then once you've done the thing they want you to do, then they're quiet about it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I think it makes sense. And it makes sense from a, a user point of view. It makes sense from a platform point of view. It gets a little bit weird with two scenarios. One scenario is there's just frequently on Twitter a way to view lists of people. If you're viewing you know, the list of people who like to tweet or the list of people who retweeted a tweet. And that list, you have this really heavy primary action repeated over and over again. And that repetition of the primary filled black button is incredibly heavy on the screen. Whereas in the previous version, it was actually much easier to parse to see who you'd followed because it actually would just illuminate to the filled state who you'd followed and it really stood out. And now you have to look for the diminished element to see who in that list you're already following. So in that case, it does feel a little bit weird. But another case that I think hasn't really come up in the tweets that I've seen is the follow button has a third state, which is if you've blocked somebody. And it's funny because Twitter actually breaks their own rule in this case, but I think they break their rule with the same intention that you have in mind, I think. So when you block somebody and you go to their profile, that follow following button, it switches to a filled red button that says blocked. So in this case, it is reflecting your current state blocked, right? It is not an action, but they have it filled. And I think it's because blocking somebody is really important and like you want that element to stand out very clearly this person you have had a negative interaction with in the past or is somebody you've explicitly opted to not want to see we're gonna sort of call this out really loud in the ui but anyways i guess like if they wanted to be internally consistent it should actually just be an outline red button that says blocked in red text and when you hover it it fills red and says unblocked Right. Maybe if you're on a device that has hover capabilities, but on a phone, I don't know. I think it's the right thing to be loud about this as well, right? Like like you said, it's a, a big negative action and important that you know it. It's also rare, so when it does occur, you kind of want to draw people's attention to it. Like, yes, you did block this person. We we still have them blocked. It's cool. Yeah, I don't know. Philosophically, like maybe the pattern doesn't match, but I think from a user standpoint, it's the right thing to do. I saw one suggestion that I thought was pretty good, and I can see the reason to not have it just because this button often appears in contexts where there's very limited screen real estate so it's got to be you know finding that balance between being prominent and big but not overcrowding the UI because it's surrounded by lots of profile metadata but one suggestion I saw was this button could really be improved with iconography like imagine if they had a plus icon next to the word follow and then as soon as you're following somebody that plus turns into a check mark and so even in the diminished state, at least the check mark is, it, it's adding one more sort of signifier to the element that communicates the state that you're in. 
I can see how that would actually be particularly useful here. It's even more useful because in the list state that you mentioned earlier, instead of putting the full word on each row, you can just use the iconography. And you can make that iconography styled similarly, but it's a smaller footprint on screen and isn't as loud. Yeah, I think the the last critique that I really have of the new styles that Twitter has rolled out, I mean, they made a bunch of them, but now this row of buttons in the profile, I'm on the web right now. It's maybe slightly different on the phone. Actually, it might be the same, but there's now four buttons. There's sort of an overflow more button. There's a message button, a notify button, and then the follow unfollow button. All four of those things do different things, right? Like, well, actually, notify and follow are both sort of on-off switches. Direct messages initiates a new, like, takes you to a new screen, opens a composer, and then the more button opens a, a menu. And they're all styled exactly the same. They all look the same. And I think that's kind of the last frustrating piece for me, especially with something like the notification bell is... What's going to happen when I click this? Will it prompt me to confirm? Was this person going to get notified that I've turned on notifications for them? There's a little bit of uncertainty about what's going to happen there. And actually in this latest ship, they used to have a fifth button there, which was after you'd muted someone, they would show another sort of muted stateful button as one of the small circular buttons. And that has been now removed and it is replaced by a label below all of the profile metadata that says you have muted tweets from this account. And there's sort of an inline link to unmute. And that feels like a regression too, but it's in tension with like, well, it was a fifth button there. So (laughs) I don't know. This header is nuts, right? Yeah. I mean, anytime you have a row of actions, you're going to run into lack of parity between those actions. Like... Any social network is going to have a like, but they're probably also going to have that you know thumbs up or heart or whatever next to a comment icon that's going to launch you into a whole comment viewing mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. But making those things look different or separating them also feels weird. Yeah, I don't know. I think people just kind of expect things, as long as it's not super destructive or taking you to a very different place right next to something that isn't destructive and isn't taking you to a different place. I don't know. I, I don't think it's so bad. Like this one, for example, the direct message one is the only one that really bothers me because it actually navigates away, whereas the other ones just either are stateful or pop up a menu in place. So yeah, I I think the only ones that bother me are those navigational buttons right next to non-navigational buttons. Yeah. 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 But what are you going to do? It deserves to be up there. It's an important action on the person for this context. So It would be a fun design exercise because we're probably also... You know, we only know about the states that we've seen and encountered, and there might be oh, more, right? There I'm might sure be more there are, for, dude. For VIPs and public figures and all sorts of shit. There's I'm just sure. other stuff that we don't even know about that the team has constraints around. Yep. But it would be a fun design exercise to try and design a different profile. Like for me, I feel the same way as you. I, I would almost want the message button to be larger and have a text label and have that be almost a primary action. But maybe they've chosen not to do that because their DMs product is not good enough yet. And so they actually don't want to drive that behavior. And then as soon as DMs gets an upgrade, then maybe they pull that button out, give it a larger treatment, add the label in, drives more more engagement towards it. I don't know. 
any of these things could be true. We have no idea. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think, dear listener. If, do you, has the new follow button broken your brain? It, it did break my brain for a day. Like I kept clicking to people's profiles and I thought I had unfollowed them because they flipped the weight of that button. I was like, whoa, I thought I followed this person. Hang on a second. And you like had to really process. But I don't know. You get used to it. Yeah. It's loud versus quiet. Be loud before, yeah. be quiet after. All right, well, let us know what you think in the comments. Tweet at us. Marshall, cool things. Cool things. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I've been saving this one. So the final episode dropped last night, three nights ago for people listening now. And that is for the miniseries called The White Lotus on HBO Max. It is six episodes, and it was good. I remember seeing the trailer on HBO Max a while ago before it aired, and it didn't look interesting to me. For whatever reason, the trailer just didn't scratch anything in my brain. It didn't, the hook never got set. But then I saw a few tweets from people who had recommended it in some way. So we we dipped our toes. And Marshall, it's a fun series. It's only six episodes. I'm a huge fan of that format. Like, I don't need fucking this thing that's going to be a three, four, five season commitment of like 20 episodes. I don't need that in my life. I like this sort of it's longer than a movie, but it's more dense than whatever, like a traditional series, right? Brian, I have a suggestion for you. You should try this okay. anime. It's called One Piece. Have you heard of it? No. That's a joke. There's like 900 episodes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, like I can't get into that. It's just too much commitment. But anyways, so The White Lotus, what is it about? I think it takes place over the course of a week. There is a group of vacationers to a resort in Hawaii, and interpersonal conflicts and mystery and murder, uh, murder all are sort of creating tension. And God dang, Marshall, I got to say the acting is very good. The jokes are funny. The music is phenomenal. The The soundtrack, I don't know if you've seen people tweeting about the soundtrack. No. God dang, the soundtrack creates tension. It is good. And the finale was satisfying. I felt satisfied. Like endings are hard and I thought it was a good ending. So anyways, uh, six episodes, White Lotus, HBO Max. Well, funny that you mention a show on HBO Max, Brian, because I too have an HBO Max show to recommend this week. It's called The 100 Foot Wave. Have you started watching it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. I, I think a new episode came out today. So again, three days ago, if you're listening to this on release day, but I don't know if it's the last episode or not. We watched the first three after they had already been out, and we're like, wait, is it over? And then another one came out, like, okay, it's still coming out. So it's basically a documentary of an old surfer dude chasing this dragon of the 100-foot wave. And a lot of the events of the documentary are footage from like 10 years ago. They're all in these like kind of flashbacks, but he discovered a surfing spot in Portugal and no one took him seriously, but it ended up being one of the best big wave places in the world. And uh, yeah, so he's chasing this hundred foot wave and will he get there? He's older and he's had some pretty massive accidents and you know his body isn't what it used to be so will this guy succeed i don't know i'm guessing so i haven't seen the end but it's called 100 foot <laughs> uh -huh. wave and we have happy endings here in, in the land of hollywood so um we'll see but I'm, I'm enjoying it so far it's been a very good show do you know how many total episodes there will be i don't uh, i'm guessing five or six probably in that range rad okay lots of good consumable bingeable short tv things yeah tv week 
Well, this has been episode 409. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter at Design Details FM. Of course, huge shout outs to Baron Fig for making this episode possible. Baron Fig makes the best notebooks, pens, writing instruments, bags, desk organizers, travel utensils, and more. All to get those great ideas out of your head and onto the paper. Go to baronfig.com slash design details. That's B-A-R-O-N-F-I-G dot com slash design details. And you'll get 20% off your purchase of $50 or more. Once again, that's baronfig.com slash design details. If you want a little more uh, design chat, also be sure to head to patreon.com slash design details where you can get access to our bonus episodes every week called The Sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. For just a buck a month. Just keep listening. Just get some con- more content, more design. Is that enough for you? you? Want more content? Are you not entertained? <laughs> just a book a month. Just a book a month. Today we're we're answering a listener question about what to do with some time off. Last week we talked about negotiation tips, and we have so much more in the backlog, and you'll get access to those bonus content every week going forward. So once again, that's patreon.com slash design details. Welcome this week to all of our new VIPs. And that's it. We'll catch you next week. Bye. I have to say it. Hey, Macarena. <laughs> That's actually their name. It's just Macarena. So. <laughs> yeah. But I always say, hey, when we have uh-huh. new vips and their name is Macarena <laughs> and the song goes, hey, hey. Macarena. Hi. <laughs>